Hello everyone, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast show and uh, this evening or this afternoon in Stateside uh, we're joined by Greg Kettner who is uh, a sales speaker and coach uh, based in Walla Walla, uh, Washington State in the US of A and how are you doing today Greg? You okay? I'm doing, I'm doing great Mike, thanks for having me on, this is great. Yeah, no problem at all, thanks for coming on and uh, um, a place I usually like to start with people um, is sort of how the lockdown has been for them, really. And it was a question I've been asking people all through the lockdown, which is I started my podcast at the start of the lockdown. And then yeah. I stopped asking it for a, a couple of weeks. And, and it seems to be a good question to ask because a lot of places are going back into lockdown, especially yeah. in the UK here. So how's it been for you, all this sort of tumultuous period? It, you know, it's, it, it's, I'm doing well, but it's, it's been crazy. It's been all over the map. I, I, I had a job uh, when COVID started, and now I'm transitioned full-time into speaking and coaching. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's just been weird. What, what is it like there now? Like, I mean, we go out, when we go out, we have to wear a mask, but there's no like, and social distancing, but it's not like, it seems like at the beginning, it's like, you're going to die if you breathe somebody else's air. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, well, uh, I think in the UK, we're sort of going into a bit of a, a lockdown situation again, but not not as locked down as the first time, but just a bit more regulation than just wearing a mask when you're indoors and, and socially yeah. distancing. So I'm waiting to see. To be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of the news uh, because it's depressing. Um, I'm, I'm a positive person. I can't be bothered listening to that crap constantly. Yeah. So um, I just dip in and out of it every now and then. And, you know, you catch the important stuff on social media and the, the rest of it, I find with the news, they just go over the same thing, looking at it from every angle and, you know, having other, you know, sometimes the news is, what are the people's per perception of the news is or opinion of the news? It's like, I'm not interested in that. I'm not, I'm not interested in opinion. I just want the news. Give me the facts yeah. and let's move on. Yeah. Well, I, I half joke that uh, I believe the coronavirus will be gone by November 4th, which is the day after the election. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, what's his name? Trump. Trump. Trump is like he's he's turned the coronavirus uh, into uh, some sort of like kryptonite, and now he's yeah, Superman. Exactly. <laughs> it'll be gone for the whole world. It'll go back to China. It'll all go back up in a little bottle. It'll be good to go till the next one. <laughs> it was. It was the only. Well, you know, I, I did see uh, Trump saying about he was going to put this vaccine that he uh, that that he trialed or whatever onto uh, into all the hospitals and stuff so i thought trump trump must own that vaccine <laughs> exactly I, I don't know if i take that same stuff <laughs> no. no definitely not but uh, yeah so 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 you've done quite a bit of transition in there i guess over this period yeah um and it, it's it's been interesting um but on, on the bright side i um i started a facebook group called the humor lab uh, there may have been a bottle or two of wine involved, <laughs> but you know, I was stuck in my house. I was at that time, I was still working from home. Uh, and I'm a horrible introvert, totally 100% extrovert. And I'm like, how am I going to be able to communicate and laugh and connect with people? And so I just started this group called the humor lab and, uh, it would took me 15, 20 minutes. I sent it out to 20 people that night and said, Hey, please share if you want to laugh. I woke up and there's 150 people signed up. Oh, that's, that's good. There's a lot and of now, people laugh at the moment. Yeah, and now we're over 9,000. Oh, good. That's gone. Good. So, that's gone quick then. 
Yeah, it's gone really quick. But the thing that's been really cool about it is I set it up. It's PG-13, uh, and there's no politics. Okay. And I, I banish people, and people are like, well, it's my it's my my right sure, to speak. And I said, it's <laughs> my right to unfriend you. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So, um, so 9,000. So are they all uh, comedians or, or comics or just people who like a laugh? No, just, just regular people. I've got people from... I don't know, 16 or 17 countries now. Yeah. And and every couple of days I get a message, you know, people will say, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I look at it every day or one guy uh, sent me, I don't even know the guy, but he sent me a message and you know what, this has been really hard on me. I've lost my job, I lost my wife, I've got two kids. And he goes, every day I check in and it makes my day. Yeah. And so that right there is worth doing the whole group. Well, it's good. It's good to have a laugh, isn't it? Like you know what I mean. And um, I joined it. I did join the group. I remember you oh, sent good. out a link at some point. Um, yeah. And um, I haven't. You know, I'm, I'm a member of a lot of groups, so it takes a bit of time before you get yeah. into it and start <laughs> liking stuff before it starts moving up its priority in your in your mind yeah. and in your list. But I'll definitely um, you know try and get involved in that because I, I like a laugh and a joke myself. And uh, yeah. you know, who doesn't like life's too. Uh, too long to, to, to be uh, serious all the time. You know? Yeah, and it's great to see other people's personalities and what makes them laugh, right? Yeah. I mean, there's people on there that put puns, which I don't think are funny. Mm. Um, but then there's one guy who posts a lot of dad jokes. Yeah. Um, but it, so it's great and it'd be fun. I'm trying to get people to be more adventurous and like tell a joke. And maybe I'll, I'll do that, have an open mic night if you know people can just get on like what's we are a, right now. What's the lives like? What's the Facebook lives? Yeah. with some Facebook lives, do some yeah. lives within, yeah, within no, the group. I think so. those groups, those groups are turning into like community centers, you know, where, yeah. where different, different people go on and they have a dance or they tell jokes or, you know what I mean? They're like, you know, niche community centers online. And I yeah. think they're just going to keep developing and keep growing. So I've got a few groups of my own and, um, and yeah, you know, I think, um, I think they're great. And a lot of people use them as well to sell courses or, you know, all uh -huh. that sort of thing as well, like, you know, to the community. Is that, is that a route that you're going to go down as well? Uh, yeah, eventually. Uh, and I'm, I'm working on that. And, and what I speak about is uh, I did stand-up comedy for 12 years, and I still do it. Um, but I now am sharing with businesses how to empower their sales teams to have more fun at work. Everybody yeah. feels like they want to be valued, right? You talk yeah. to anybody, what do you hate about your job? Well, nobody respects me. Nobody listens to me. Nobody cares about me. And if you have laughter and have fun, as you and I know, right? You have yeah. a good laugh, you have a chuckle, you feel a lot better. There's less stress, more productivity. It just, it helps to everybody. You also do a lot more business because if uh, work is a, a place of fun and humor and laughter, you know, we, we, we both come from sales backgrounds, if you like. So, you yep. know, it is part of the sales environment, I suppose, to have a laugh and a joke and stuff. And part yep. of sales is a tough job. And if you don't laugh and, you know, find ways of, of making it enjoyable, and then you probably wouldn't stick at it for a long time. And, you know, I, I've been selling for over 30 years, so I must be able yeah. to enjoy it some, some way or another. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you, you got me beat. I'm, I'm 27. But, and, and the other thing with laughter, if you can connect, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's a common language, right? If you're laughing with somebody, you're connecting with them. And that what has helped me stand out over my career the yeah. fact that when I'm prospecting or even working with clients, I can make them laugh, that's memorable, right? They're like, yeah, well, oh, yeah, I worked with Greg. He was great. 
made me laugh. Yeah, I used to um, I used to do a lot of corporate hospitality in my job because I used to deal with uh, key okay. accounts, ten million plus turnover yep. businesses, the top businesses in the UK, and um, yep. you know when you you take people out, you have a drink, go for some food, whatever, have a laugh with them, you know, connect with them on a human level rather than on yep. a you know professional corporate level, and people yep. will buy from you even if you haven't got the best product sometimes because they, yep. they connect with you. <laughs> Right? Oh, I, no, I, I'll take the second grade product if I can hang out with Mike or Greg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, people buy people at the end of the day. They buy people they, they, they like to have a laugh and a joke with. They, like, they buy people who are going to entertain them. They buy people who are interesting. You know, life's too, yeah. like I say, life's too short to be serious all of the time. And people want to have a laugh and a, and a joke at work. And if it's between three very similar proposals and very similar prices, but one comes with an account manager or, you know, somebody with a bit of personality, you, you, you're going to win Absolutely. over on, on the other two, right? You know, so, you know, it's, it's yeah. not just a, a staff longevity thing for keeping the staff interested and keeping their mental health well and all the rest of that. It's actually a results driven yeah. strategy too, like, you know? Yeah, no. And, and, and speaking of mental health, I know it was mental uh, world mental health day a couple of days ago and it, it's so key to, to get out of our own heads and, and laugh about things that make us laugh. I, you know, I mean, we're all different, right? Uh, I'm a big, huge, I'm into stand-up comedy. That's my thing. But yeah. I mean, some of the memes that you see out there are fantastic and, and it, it's good to laugh. It releases those endorphins and, and you can turn your day around. Yeah. I'm a massive stand-up comedy fan as well. I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. So, you know, um, yeah. who, do you, who do you like? Who do you watch? Do you, um, I watch uh, I watch everybody. Some of the names that I think you might know. Um, you mentioned Ricky Gervais earlier on. I don't mind a bit of Ricky Gervais, yeah. but I like um, um, yeah. trying to think of some names. You know, some Brits. I like people like um, um, McIntyre, Michael McIntyre. I like um, yeah the 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 northern guy. Uh, you know, big big guy. Um, does uh, show me the way to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like yeah, uh, Russell, Russell uh, Kane. Yeah, yeah. 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 Russell Kane, uh, Russell Brand. Yeah. Um, I like yeah. Russell Howard, who's on Sky. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know if you know some of all of this? You're, you're a big Russell. Russell fan. I'm a big Russell fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else do I like? I, I like. I like. Yeah. No, I like all. I, I like all types of human. I like all types of standard. I quite like. I like um, people like Tim Vine who do. Um, like short, sharp jokes, quick jokes all of the time. Yep. But I like people who do, yep. you know, observational humor. Um, there's a really good guy, actually, a Scottish guy, um, very, um, very controversial. Um, he's a bit like a, okay. like, like a mild uh, Chubby Brown. I used to watch a lot of Chubby Brown, so I've heard of him uh, younger. And, yeah, um, or George Carlin back in the day, too. Yeah. Where, um, where he tiptoed the line, but he made a point. Yeah, I, I used to like uh, you know um, like uh, you know some of the big stuff like uh, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and you know yeah. the stuff that you, you would know American wise. But I've I've watched comedy all my life, so I like all yeah. I like every type of, of of comedy really. I love watching you know um, there's a program on at the moment on ITV. Jonathan Ross he's breaking comedians in because comedians aren't getting opportunities to do gigs at the moment, so they've got a TV yeah. program. There's a lot of up and coming kids. Uh, I like. I like most people with sense There's a lot of good females at the moment. There's um, a girl called Catherine Ryan. She's Canadian. Yep. I noticed you've got a Canadian T-shirt in your background there. Are you, yeah, are you yeah. Canada, or hockey or? 
is that your hockey team? Are, they, are you from Canada or you just like yeah, the team? Yeah, originally, originally from Canada. I live in the States now. Born in Hong Kong, so I'm kind of a mutt. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a global <laughs> citizen. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm from Wales, which is next to England, and you're from Canada, yeah. which is next to America. And Welsh and Canadians always get on because they're yeah. like the little brother of the big, of the big annoying yeah. neighbour. Well, isn't America next to England too? I mean, there's an ocean, but it's right yeah, well, yeah, sort of, sort of. <laughs> for, for a while, it was part of England. Yeah, then, it, <laughs> then they had that fight. That yeah, they had, a bit of a, they had a bit of a to-do, like, you know, but uh, there we are. That's why, like, in all of the American movies, there's always Brits as the bad guys. Whereas in our movies, the Germans are always bad guys, like you know what I mean. But, uh... <laughs> and the Germans don't like to laugh, from what I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so Catherine Ryan, she's really good. Um, there's a, a a woman called uh, Shappy Shappy Kasandi in the okay. in the, the UK. She's like Iranian. Yep. So she's really. Oh, funny. I think I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really, really funny. funny. I, I could list comedians. Not not yeah. Lee Evans for his slapstick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am oh, a big, yeah. I'm a big comedy fan, like, you know, so, um, you know. I, yeah, I, uh, I ran into a, I don't know who the guys are, but it's on YouTube. It's called The Awkward Puppets. And it's, <laughs> it's this guy goes to the doctor, but it's these just two puppets. And it's, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious, but it's called Awkward Puppets. Yeah. So if you get a chance, check that them out on YouTube. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. But, um, yeah, I, I think you'd be able to understand them in English, so. Yeah. The thing is, uh, American humor. So I, I much prefer, obviously, British comedians than Americans. because yeah. It's a different type of yeah. humor. But I, I do watch some Americans. But I think, for me, what I've seen from, from my perspective, from the UK looking at Americans, is the comedy yeah. scene in America is much more about, like, roastings and stuff. It's much more about, it's a bit like the rap battle of comedy where, where it's like roasting yeah. each other and stuff. That's where I yeah. see it from my side. Yeah, no, there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys do political stuff. I really yeah. appreciate the, uh, the British humor. It's more uh, truth telling maybe. Like they're talking about issues, but they're doing it in a funny and smart way. They're not just throwing stuff against the wall. No. Like it's actually no. written out and it's, it's a little bit more dry than the, the US or Canada. Yeah. But I, uh, one, one of my favorite UK guys is uh, Jimmy Carr. Yeah, Jimmy, I like Jimmy Carr. Yeah, because he's um he's close to the bone, and I like that close to the bone. That's like yeah. yeah. So I like yeah. I like uh, Jimmy Carr. Also, John Bishop's really good as well. At Liverpool, yeah. yeah. And uh, and there's another really 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 funny guy. I'm just trying to think of his name. He does a really good. He's uh, from Essex. He's a Londoner, oh. Cockney, proper Cockney geezer. Um, <clears throat> I think of his name in a minute. He's really good, but I could give you uh, some some good recommendations because obviously being where you where you where, you know in America and now you're gonna your comedian's gonna be American centric, I would yeah. imagine. Obviously, mine are British centric, but I do watch a bit of things like the Comedy Channel and you know I catch a few. And, and obviously, the, the, you get Americans coming tour in UK and, and 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 obviously you get a lot of Brits over there as well. So yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. So. Um, well, when I can fly again, I'll fly over and we'll go watch some comedy shows over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favourite things to do as entertainment is go watch comedy shows. I used to do, um, uh, there used to be a, a comedy night in Cardiff in the, a pub by me. And then yep. then we got in with um, the comedy store and uh, what's the Glee, Glee Club. Okay, yeah. You know those brands, they're like um, comedy brands that they started opening up all in all the big towns and cities, like, you know? Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, I've, I've been to see quite a few shows, you know, a few comedians there. Um, also, um, one of my favourite genres of uh, TV programmes is comedy panel shows. Okay, yeah. Yeah, especially if they're sports combined as well, because, you know, two of my big passions is business and sport. I'd say probably yeah. comedy's up there then with my passion for entertainment. Yeah, who's, your, who's your football team? My, I like Liverpool. Um, we just okay. won the, the Premier League last last season. I've been a Liverpool fan since I was four, so I, yeah. uh, I didn't just jump on the bandwagon because they're successful at the moment. Um, yeah. But um, I've been sporting them since I was four. They were successful then in yeah. the uh, in the seventies uh, and eighties, and then they went, they went had a bit of a dry spell, and then we started doing well again the last sort of ten years really, and, and that culminated in a Champions League a few years ago and the Premier League last year. Congratulations, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but also a sport that you'll know being Canadian, which the Americans don't know too much about. I'm a massive rugby fan as well. Yep. Yeah, so this, I played rugby, let's see, I was a number eight. So I was, okay. uh, you know, back of the scrum, you know, yep. mixing with the backs and the forwards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some, uh, you know, Welsh, this is uh, the Grand Slam winning uh, team of 2005 here. Oh, which, that's great. Um, which was one of the best days of my life. Like it was again as a rugby fan, the Wales were great in the seventies, and they're not so good in the eighties and nineties, which is when I was growing up because I was born late seventies. They were like as good as the All Blacks in the in the seventies. Like you know, they had all the best players: Gareth, Gareth Edwards and Phil Bennett, and you know people like that. And um, and I missed all of that decade. Uh, and then because I was like born in seventy seven, we had a bit of a dry spell. Uh, in the 80s and the 90s and so I had about like 20 25 years of pain growing up as a Welsh rugby fan being not very good and in 2005 we won the Grand Slam which is repeat everyone else we won won every game and that's since good. then we won about five titles in the last like 15 years well, that's good yeah. that's really good I mean you, I mean that's that's dynasty right that's like the the Patriots or you know the Montreal Canadiens in hockey or the Edmonton Oilers yeah, or the yeah. Yankees of baseball, right? Yeah, or like or like Liverpool, like now in the Premier League. Before yeah. that, it was um, Chelsea. Then before that, Man United. It's, it's been more so Man City as well. Uh, Liverpool and Man City are the two dominant. Yeah. But yeah, you tend to have like I, I notice in sport, you tend to have like a decade of success quite often yeah. because teams can last a decade. You know, especially yeah. if you just you know as they start getting age older players, you bring a couple of youth in and you can. You know, you can build a, a a good, successful team for 10, 15 years, sometimes 20. Then sooner or later, the management retires or, you know, things change. Someone else comes along and then it's their dominant period for a while, like, you know? Yeah. Almost almost similar to sales too, right? We're talking business and sports and, and sales. Sometimes you have like a great three-year run and then you, oh, well, <laughs> you yeah, come well, back yeah. a little bit and, <laughs> and then you back like, up. Like life's about a roller coaster, isn't it? I don't think you can consistently be up and I don't think you can consistently be down. You can't yeah. consistently plateau. It's, it's, you know, life is full of rhythms and, you know, it's the ups and downs of life. And I think, you know, business, sport, comedy, pandemic, whatever, you know, speaking, yeah. I think, I think, you know, sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're cold and that's just life, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What was, were you at that game, the championship game? I wasn't actually. It was, it was hard to get tickets back then. I wasn't as well connected. <laughs> uh, now I can get tickets for, for pretty much anything, like, you know. Yeah. But um, for the final, I couldn't get tickets for the final. 
Um, I could get tickets for it earlier on in the season, but back then as well, I was I was more spending my money, the same amount of money that it would cost to buy a ticket. You could spend on the pop all day and watch it okay. in the pub. So I used to, yeah. I used to watch the games like in the pub because you get yeah. in Card the games in in Cardiff anyway. So you get all the atmosphere and you get all of the town and that. But you can spend all your money on drink rather than going to the game. Yeah. <laughs> but for the final, for the final, they put it on big screen TVs in like open land in the city yep. centre. So it was yep. like a fan zone. Yeah. I was just that was that was the best day of my life I think because it was 25 years of pain and then it was yeah. like a, a grand slam. And then, like I say, it was just a mad party, like you know. And the team that was in town for us to beat at the end was was Ireland, and I, Irish people like to have a party whether they win or lose, you yeah, know. So yeah. it was just so it was just the whole it was the whole city having a party, like you know. And and so it was just a great a great occasion, a great party, and it was it was it reminded me a little bit at the time of the LA riots. Remember the LA? You know, like when, when a little the, bit different. It was a little bit different, but no, it was like, you know, like the LA riots where people were driving past and tooting their horns and it was just a chaos. But the city centre just turned into chaos, right? And people were drinking that much, right? Because the Welsh people like to drink like the Irish. And the people were drinking that much, right? The people were walking down the street from like the whole of town centre run out of alcohol and run out of booze. And people were walking to the outer town shops and coming back with crates of beer on their shoulder and stuff to carry on the party because the town yeah, centre was like selling out of alcohol. Yeah, it was crazy. No, that, that reminds me, we had the Winter Olympics in uh, 2010 in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, and I was living there. And uh, the big day, the final day was um, a gold medal game between Canada and the US, the big rivals, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, so we, my brother and I, the game started at 11. We got to the pub at nine, right? You gotta, you have to have breakfast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the game got over breakfast. by one o'clock, and then everybody was downtown Vancouver. And I've never, I've never been claustrophobic, but I felt like I was just being squished. Like there was tens of thousands of thousands of people downtown, yeah. hooping, hollering, guys walking around with bottles and beers, and it, yeah, it was, it was a fun day. It yeah, was, I love. I love those days, you know, where, where you can taste the atmosphere, where it's that thick, the atmosphere is that thick that it is, you can taste it, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky because Cardiff is the capital city, and so, and that's where I'm from, and that's where I, I, I've lived most of my life. Yeah. And, and we got the Millennium Stadium, which is like, we, we built, one, you know, one of the best stadiums in the world for, for the yeah. turn of the millennium, so it's 20 years old. And obviously, yeah. I was, what was I, 23 when it was built, and, um, you know, for the last 20 years, we've been getting a lot of major events there. We used to always have big events anyway, because we'd have the Welsh games and Welsh football games, Welsh rugby games and all of that, because we're the capital city of Wales. For the last 20 years, we've been getting like big concerts and we've been getting like, we've had the UEFA Cup final for the football and we've had like a bit of the London 2012 Olympic Games spilt into Wales and... Yeah. And all sorts of stuff, like you know. So, so it's great because I, I, any big like like London 2012 Olympics, you go to London normally. Nobody speaks to each other. Nobody says anything. You sit on the public transport. Nobody says a word. Because I come from a more rurally place and a more friendly place. We're all used to talking to each other and speaking to each other and stuff. And when I go to London, I like to pickle people's brains by stopping them and asking them the time or the directions or something. They're like. Who's this like person talking to me? Like you know what I mean? They just don't speak to each other, like no. Yeah. 
But when the London 2012 Games was on, obviously all the Olympic fans were in and all the friendly people of the world were in, you know, the Olympics yeah. and, you know, Common Cause and all of that. And, and London was just an amazing place for like, I went up there for a few days and it was just awesome, full of great yeah. people, having a good time. Everybody was on their best behavior. Yeah, 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 and chatting, you know, people chatting on the tube and just, just having a laugh, you know, everyone's like, you can see everyone's got the Olympics gear on, and so you're all part of the same crowd, like, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, no, sports is, uh, it, it bonds people together, like, like yeah. none other, and, and pushes people apart, I mean, there's, there's riots and fights and everything oh, yeah. else at, you know, some, some of the games, and oh, obviously different countries, I, most of it's probably fueled by booze, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so some sports are a bit more, I think the ones that are a bit more working class, you know, they tend to be more yeah. tribal and they tend to be more, you know, them and us and, and, and fighting and stuff. But the sports that are um, a bit more middle class, if you like, you know, they tend to be more fans getting on together and drinking and, and, and decent banter, but not fighting. But, you know, that, that's what it's like in the UK. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so um, so what did you, so you had a, a career in sales and obviously you do sales yep. coaching and sales training now. Um, yeah. I, I have heard a story before about um, being on the ship before and, and I guess that was like a multi-level marketing type of sales, was it? Uh, no, no I've, I've, most of my sales uh, career was in sports. Okay. So I sold... Uh, professional hockey, uh, professional football, uh, which is now the major league of soccer here in the States. Yeah. Uh, it's not MLS. Yeah, the MLS. Yeah, MLS. It's not comparable to your league. I mean, you guys are way above, but that's our top tier. Yeah, you, so you, get, quite a lot of, um, you get quite a lot of retiring stars there, didn't you? I'm Wayne Rooney, Frank Lampard. Yeah. Um, well, even, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pelly. Yeah. David Beckham. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, David Beckham's got his own franchise, haven't he? No. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that out of Miami. Yeah, that's right, Miami, Miami, uh, magicians or no. Real Miami? Is it Real Miami? Real Miami, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I sold I sold both tickets and sponsorships and uh, the luxury suites. Yeah. And, then uh, got into software sales and had an opportunity. Uh, I think I shared a story with you before about getting up in uh, in Las Vegas and performing in front of four thousand colleagues uh, impromptu. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was software. Then. That was software sales, was it? Uh, yeah, software sales. So, um, software? and I'd been doing stand up for about six weeks before that, and then after that whole thing, I thought, wow, I can do this anywhere, and people are going to pay me for anything. Yeah, uh, I was thoroughly mistaken. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to, to, to go up the ranks. Tougher. It's a bit tougher than that. It's, it's quite a tough industry to crack, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't go to school for it, right? And if you're just stepping on stage for the first time, it's not like, you know, when you're in grade school, you're playing soccer or football, right? Yeah. And you work your way up and you go to high school and you get on the varsity team and, you know, you're always playing football. But yeah. with stand-up, unless, I mean, I've always been funny, but it's not, it's a different thing to get up and you're on, be funny in front of a crowd that you don't even know. No, it's a lot right? more structured. It's a lot more structured than people think, like, you know? There's a lot oh, there's of a method to the madness. Yeah, a lot, a lot of work, a lot of effort goes into creating something that can sometimes look unordered and, and yeah. chaos, but it's yeah. usually very structured. 
there's a lot of nights where it's really crappy, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're, you're performing in front of five, six people. Yeah. Um, I, I also had the opportunity, um, this was uh, a couple of weeks before I, I did the thing in Vegas, impromptu, unexpected. But I was, um, there was an open mic in a pub in Vancouver and um, Robin Williams happened to be in town filming Midnight at the Museum. And so I was on the seven o'clock show. There was five of us. I was the third person up and he had five minutes. So I got up there and, you know, there was probably seven or eight people in the pub, uh, including the bartender. <laughs> right. So it's nobody's there, but you're just, you're working on your craft, hoping to get to be a headliner. Yeah. And about halfway through my set, the door opened up and in walked Robin Williams. And in my head, I'm like, holy crap, that's Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I like waved from the stage and it was very awkward. Um, but then I'd been around enough celebrities from selling hockey tickets that uh, I'd learned that if you treat a celebrity like anybody else, like if you blow them off, like they're just a regular Joe Blow, they yeah. absolutely love it because nobody does. Yes, that's right. You know, yeah. like, oh, what do you do? How do you put your pants on? Same as me, that kind of thing, right? So he went and sat down at the bar and I finished my set and went and sat down beside him. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, pretty good. He goes, oh, you're pretty funny. I'm like, oh, thanks. I go, I'm just starting, but it's fun. I go, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the movie industry. And uh, I said, oh, what do you do? Are you the camera guy? You hold the mic? <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and I said, and he goes, no, I, I've uh, Goodwill Hunting, Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm like, oh, you're the guy. <laughs> He's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and right then we laughed. I made him laugh, right? And that's that instant connection. So we sat at the bar for the next 45 minutes and had drinks and just telling stories about comedy and how he came up and what I was doing with sales and stuff. And yeah. then at the end of the show, the guy who ran the room came up and said, Hey, we'd love it. If you want to get up and do some stand up. we would be thrilled. And now there's about 20 people in the room, right? Robin went up and did two hours impromptu. And by the end of the show, there's 300 people in the bar. They're charging 20 bucks to get in. People are taking, it was, it was a phenomenal light, but, it, and I thought that was it. So afterwards he came up to me before he left and he said, Hey, do you want an autograph or a picture? What can I do? So I'm like, I would love a picture, man. So we got this picture and it, I look at it now and he's, he's shorter and he's got all the makeup on from doing, he just finished filming. Right. And then came to the pub. Um, and so the next night, I, uh, there's another open mic downtown at another club at the real comedy club, uh, yuck yucks. And, uh, I was going to do my same five minutes again. And I was walking there with my buddy Ian and I hadn't told Ian the story yet. Right. So we're walking, talking, you know, trying to work out our jokes and stuff. And about, uh, 20 meters from going into the club, Ian starts elbowing me. He's like, dude, dude. I go, what? He goes, Robin Williams. And so I looked up and I'm like, hey, Robin. And Robin Williams is like, hey, Greg, how's it going? <laughs> he really crapped himself, right? But he was, he was just, he was such a loving, gracious human being. He's like, where are you guys going? I said, well, there's another open mic. He's like, can I come along? <laughs> so we're like, sure. So now Robin's coming into the club. But just before we get in, he goes, hey, I would love to get on, but just, just, don't make it about me. Make it about you guys. Just, just tell the guy, go, Hey, we got our buddy, Robin. Uh, he would love to go do some stand-up comedy if, if you give him some time. So we walked in and we said, Hey, can we got a friend, Robin, can you get a 
buy a spot and the guy's like yeah sure is he any good i'm like yeah he's he's, he's pretty good <laughs> so robin comes into the green room so here's ian and i and then all these other comedians are like how the hell do they know robin williams <laughs> But it was just a chance thing, it's, right? It's a crazy world. I, I, I actually met my idol, right? Not my Ooh. idol then. I didn't know him at the time. He's wow. my idol now, really. He's my inspiration for wanting to become a global speaker and that. Yeah. And that's a guy you'll know as well. And that's Grant Cardone. Okay, great. I ended up in a Grant? meeting with Grant Cardone. I didn't even know who he was when I was in the meeting. Yeah. It was a chance meeting, but he's the person who inspired me to, to become a global speaker because um, we ended up... I ended up in a meeting with him, long short, story short, but um, he ended up coming to uh, the UK for a tour, uh, yeah. a 10X tour, and uh, he, one of the stops on his three-stop tour was um, the Interbiz Expo, which is okay. where I work now, but they used to be friends of mine. Yeah? yeah. So, um, so I actually went to a two-day event in London prior to him coming to, the, to Cardiff for the Expo, and I, I listened to Grant Cardone for two hour, uh, two days. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I didn't learn anything off him. I learned stuff off him, but not content-wise, like, you know? Yeah. Because he'd been in sales for 35 years at that time. I'd been in sales for 30, 32 years. Yeah. Yeah? So he, although he was way older than me, he didn't start selling until he was 25. I started when I was 11. Yeah. Yeah? And uh, and, and what I really realized when I, when I uh, was listening to Grant was... Um, I know what he knows. He's just operating at a much bigger level than me, like, you know? So why don't I just take what I know and get to the same level? Yeah. Like, you know, so he, gave, he pushed the button in my head. I just was like, like, seriously? Like, this guy's yeah. a billionaire and he knows the same stuff as me. Nothing wrong with the stuff he knows. I know some great stuff. But he didn't yeah. know anything more than what I knew. He was just operating at a bigger level, like, you know? Yeah. Well, well that's great when... <laughs> and, and I think it's, you know, meeting him at his level, you didn't think of him as a god or your hero. It was refreshing to him, right? Oh, oh yeah. He just, up. I love him, I do. He, he reminds me of a 20-year-old version of me. He's like me 20 yeah. years time, like, you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the area I've learned off him a lot, because I study him quite a lot, like, you know, from afar. And obviously, he knows a lot more about property and property development and all that side of things. But when it comes to sales and marketing and stuff, I bet you... I wouldn't be surprised if I probably knew a bit more than him. Yeah. 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 And, and the content, and like you said, it, he's at another level, but uh, once you're in the sales and you know how to build relationships and hustle, yeah. that's, that's it, man. If, if you know how to be nice to people and be empathetic and, and care about people and work your tail off, the sky's the limit, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, 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 and people are amazed at how much Grant Cardone works because he never stops. So that's exactly the same as me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look at him, whereas people look at him in awe and think like, this man's on the go all the time. I look at him and just think he's like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't look at him in awe and like, like thinking like, how does this man do what he does? Because I know how I do what I do. Just full of energy and do it. You just do it, don't you? Like, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's cool. And it's fun when you can meet people like that. But yeah, that night was, it was great. And, you know, after he got up, he, he went and did another hour and a half, two nights in a row. And it was just phenomenal. Yeah. And I never got to see him again, but... I, I always remember now looking back, you know, he passed from uh, suicide oh, yeah. four or five years ago now. He was so gracious and so humble. And the fact that he wanted me to look good and have that feeling of yeah. importance. When he did, he, I mean, he, we met 24 hours before, 12 hours, 24 hours before, whatever it was, right? But he, he always cared about people and, and, 
and he loved making people laugh. That was his thing. And he did it probably better than anybody else I've ever seen live. Yeah, he, he was a very funny man. He was a very funny man. And uh, yeah, and it was sad to, 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 to you know, uh, find out that he was suffering from mental health issues. You know, yep. you mentioned it earlier on, you know, with your, your comedy group. And that was the reason I actually started my podcast was, you know, I called it a positivity podcast because I started at the start of lockdown and I knew that the mental health was going to start becoming a problem because, you know, some people just can't cope with being locked down. Like I've quite enjoyed it myself, but I'm quite happy anywhere. You know what I mean? I choose <laughs> and, I, and I'll find the best in most situations. Like, you know? yeah. and I know some people, they're different. They're in their own head. They can't get out of it. You know, they, they, yeah. they have bad thoughts and, you know, they, you know, it just evolves and, and, and some people just just they need a routine and they don't like it being disturbed so you know yeah. locking them up if you like for a while they can't cope with it so um you know all these things i could see were going to happen you know i i went through the global credit crunch so you know i yeah. see it was, i knew it was going to go the same way and uh, and that's why i started my podcast and i think you know, it's great to you starting groups and you know whatever you can do to help people have a bit of a release, you know, get a bit yeah. of positivity, stop listening to the negative, you know, news and the social Sorry. media and, and all this, you know, and, and have a bit of positivity in their life. Yeah, no, I and mean, that's great. And as far as mental health, I mean, you know, laughter goes a long ways, but the fact that we're actually talking about this on a podcast and we barely know each other, we're breaking down those uh, walls of stigmatism, right? People are like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a weakness. It's not, a, we don't choose mental health, right? It's, it's an illness that everybody goes through. I mean, when somebody has cancer, you know, we, how, how can we help? Can we bring food? What can we do? Can we drive you around to your doctor's appointments? But it's getting better, but it's still like, oh, they have, they have bipolar. Oh, scary. It's not scary. They're normal human beings, and, and we need to, to be able to talk about it so that you and I can have a conversation like this. I can call you up and go, Mike, how's your mental health? Are you doing all right? And if you're like, well, I'm kind of down in the dumps, well, let's talk about it or go, you know, go find professional help to help you. Because, you know, I mean, if you had cancer, I'm like, well, how's your health? Oh, I have cancer. I'm not going to do anything about it. Right? It, it's, it's the same thing. So that I, I think it's great that we're talking about it because yeah. we can help other people overcome, you know, uh, their feelings. And especially now, I mean, you know, the suicide rates have gone up globally because of the pandemic. We're, what, eight months in? Yeah. It's nauseating. I, I I now know what my dog goes through every day. I look out my window and you know I'm waving at the neighbors. <laughs> and twice a day, my wife lets me out and I go take a dump on their lawn. <laughs> Wagging your tail to get back in. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And um, people. <laughs> to be fair, I actually don't think the 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 um, the the wave of mental health problems and the, and the effects have really kicked in yet. Unfortunately, yep. it's a sad. No, yes, there have been lots of people with mental health problems, but I think the actual the, the tsunami that's coming still haven't yep. still haven't reached the shores yet. You know, yep. and and I don't want that to happen, but I just think realistically it's going to because yeah. At the moment, people have been, like in the UK, people have been put on furlough. You know, they've been given financial support and help and that sort of thing, but a lot of that's running out. <clears throat> the businesses have been propped up, you know what I mean? But a lot of them are going to go, and then you're going to have, you know, suicides from, you know, financial troubles and all these sort of stuff. And, you know, I just, I don't want to see it coming, but I think it's coming. 
Yeah, but, yeah but you know, talking about it, and if we can get out ahead of the tsunami yeah. and talk to people and build relationships, especially for guys, right? I mean, there's a higher percentage of, of guys yeah, um, that guys take their lives by suicide. Yeah. But if, if we can talk about it and just, just a simple question, how's your mental fitness? How are you doing? You struggling? Well, let's, let's talk about it or, you know, let's reach out and, and get the help because with help and, and a plan and, and medication, you know, people live with it and do fantastic. It's just, it, it's people helping people. And I think we've gotten away from that yeah, in society. Well, we, we need to get back caring for each other, you know, as much as we do for our families and our loved ones. Yeah. Well, we, we met on a, a speaker training course and, yep. um, and obviously we're both learning to become better speakers, although we both commu communicate in most of our lives, if you like, for, for yeah. a job. We're both, we're both looking to, to, to take that to another level, if you like. Um, and part of what I want to communicate and speak to people about is actually that no matter how bad they think life is or life can get, that it's always overcomeable, you know, no matter how yeah. people... I, I just... I, 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 I hate to see people taking their own life Life is so precious and so important. And I don't understand why people get to that point where they think like there's no coming back from whatever the situation is because there's always a way back, you know? And that's, Absolutely. I, I want to educate people and teach people that they're not alone because I think a lot of the time they think they're alone. And I think, you know, because they're alone and they've got no support structure and no one to help them, they're like, I can't come back from this. But, you know, as I say, um, you know, the, the rainbow always comes after a storm, no matter how long the storm is, you yeah. know, there's always a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and there is always a way back. And there are always people, even if it's strangers, even if you've got nobody in the world, there are always yeah. people out there willing to help. And I'm one of yeah, those absolutely. people, I'll, I'll help someone, like, you know, if I, if I can no, help. And I, and I appreciate that. And that's what bonds us. I mean, yeah, we're speakers and that's how we make our living. But more importantly, we're changing lives. We're helping other people. And not to say that you and I don't have crappy days, because we do. We're human, right? But we've learned how to bounce back after those. And, and you know, some of the times that I remember, even uh, one, one event, um, I was doing a show. It was at a hotel next to a hospital. And um, I was emceeing, so, you know, I would do five minutes and bring somebody up in, in between and whatnot. And uh, about 10 minutes into the show, um, um, a father and son came and sat down in the front row, sat down, grabbed their beers, uh, totally not engaged at the show at all. They weren't laughing. They were just kind of talking to each other and stuff. So I'm like, Hey, how are you guys doing? And, oh, we're from out of town. And, you know, just trying to get them a part of the crowd. And they, and towards the end, they started laughing. And so I went up to them after the show and, and we're having beers and just talking. I'm like, Oh, so you guys said you're from out of town. What are you doing in town? And he said, well, my wife passed away from cancer last night. And my son and I have not laughed in months because she, you know, she went through the whole thing and she finally passed last night and we're staying in the hotel and we walked by and we heard laughter. And so we thought we'd come down and check it out. And he said, this has been absolutely well. It's exactly what we needed, but I had no idea. The comics had no idea. So you never know when you or I get up and speak and, and tell our stories and how to be positive, who it's going to affect, right? And I'll never see them again. But for that moment, I felt like a rock star because me engaging with them and getting them to laugh changed their perspective. And they knew that life will get better, even though, you know, his wife and his mom had passed away. Yeah. So. But that's the thing, you know, sometimes you need to laugh through dark times to get through the dark times, that you know? Yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think we leave it there. I think I had a great uh, conversation. You know, I told you absolutely. Uh, I have forty-five minute chats, but often they go they go further. It all depends how you connect and on what level. And you know, it stopped being a podcast a long time ago with just a chat between two friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, and. In the UK, it's probably your bedtime now, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually, I, I, I actually, uh, I've got a, um, a 10 o'clock call. It's half past nine now. So in 30 okay. minutes, I got a call with Clinton Young, who was doing our, okay. our training uh, to go through his review and everything. So, so actually, uh, I'm going to have a, a 10 till 11, probably chat with him, and then, and then it'll be time for bed. But, and then uh, nighttime. Yeah, well, no, I, I really appreciate you having me on, and, and I would love to, to, to showcase you and what you do to – the humor lab, right? Get you in front of 9,000 people. Uh, obviously a lot of them are on, on state side, but we've got people all over the world. It, it would be great to have a conversation there. So I'll follow up and uh, go from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm on a mission at the moment just to become really, really known really around the world because I want to, I want to get you know, top speaking gigs. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, unlike with, with yourself, when you said, um, you know, it was hard to get the comedy gigs and that, what I would have had as a strategy then is to put on my own comedy night and be, and be, and be my own headliner. And that's yep. what I'm probably going to do for speaking. I'm going to create my own massive event and be the headline speaker at it. Absolutely. Well, if you need an opener, let me know. I'll yeah, fly over. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> or, actually, or go into my office. We can do it virtually. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got, I've got a, um, a, a, a mastermind on a Sunday, two o'clock in the afternoon, so we can cater for Americans. Yeah. And, uh, it's called Strong Communicators, and I put that mastermind together so yeah. that we can all learn from each other because they're all strong communicators, podcasters, speakers, PR people, uh, social influencers, people like that. And, and, yeah. and the ultimate goal for that mastermind is to do an event with me yeah. as the headline and then everyone yeah. else as the, as the support act, and, and, and we all promote it together. That's that's yeah. part of my vision, like, you know, it's my vision board. So, uh, yeah. You no, I, I think you're smarter than Grant Cardone even with that. that. That's a great idea. And, you know, I've, I put on numerous comedy shows where I was a headliner, right? And then yeah. by doing that, then people are like, well, he can do it. Let's book him. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, so I, I'm a strategist. I am. And I would probably say I'm a bit smarter than Grant Cardone, to be honest. Grant Cardone was a car salesman and then a trainer. Yeah. yeah? yeah. I love Grant Cardone. I, I think he's awesome. But Grant Cardone is what I would say – I used to be a double glazing salesman, door to door, 16 to 21, I was. Yeah. Wow. And, um, That's and that the toughest was, sales like, out there. And that was like car sales, right? Double glazing, car sales, very similar sort of level. I then turned into, I did a lot of B2B sales for a while. So radio advertising, newspaper advertising, yeah. uh, mobile phones, CCTV, all that sort of stuff. But then I actually started in a, a credit reference agency. It was a tech startup called okay. Credit Safe. They're big in America now, but they were um, just starting up then. And I run the corporate sales team for uh, eight out of the 10 years. I was one of the two top sellers for 10 years out of 250 employees. And I, we were IT solution salespeople. We okay. were selling uh, business data and financial data online yeah. for SMEs and via XML and, and integrations and bulk data transfers and all that sort of thing to corporates. And I used to deal with the 10 million plus turnover businesses. And I took on a, t a telesales team of seven people, grew it into a department of 17 people, all nice. doing sales. And I, and I trained all of that team and we developed the solutions and, and all of that. So 
I would say that's a much more sophisticated, higher level of solution technical selling than car sales is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a little bit. It is a little bit more of a. It's a bit more sophisticated, a bit more nuanced as a as a sale than just car sales, which is more emotive and more, you know, yeah. more emotion and yeah, you know. But but, but Grant Cardone's a great sales guy. Like you know, I, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I just think I'm probably a little bit more nuanced and a bit more, you know, technically minded and stuff like you know. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, but I, uh, Grant knows far more than I do on property, but I'm, yeah. I want to I learn on. Uh, but that's why I did ask you, but you, you missed the question, so I let it, let it go. But I did ask you what software you were selling. Oh, sorry, SAP. Oh, SAP, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, I don't know what I did, but I sold it. <laughs> we used to, you know, we used to sell uh, business data, the whole business data okay, unit yeah. UK, yeah. So limited company and non-limited company data, marketing data, financial data. And people used yeah. to take our feed from XML or bulk data transfer and put it into their software. So into CRM, yeah. into e-commerce platforms. into e-commerce everything. Yeah, no, we did uh, business analytics was my specialty. Yeah. So we sold business objects and, and SAP as well. Yeah, there we are, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks again, Mike. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, give us uh, give us um, the address again for the group and uh, how people get in touch with you for the coaching and training and stuff. Yeah, probably the easiest for the coaching and, and, and speaking is uh, just my website, gregketner.com, G-R-E-G-K-E-T-T-N-E-R. And uh, the uh, Humor Lab is on Facebook. It's just The Humor Lab. Okay. So brilliant. two words, The Humor Lab. Yeah. And have you got a YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, Greg Kettner. I'm everything is Greg Kettner. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. We should uh, set up a Humor Lab YouTube channel as well and get people to do recordings on that as well. That's great. Good call. I'll get to it. Yeah, get to it. <laughs> See, you are a good salesman. And you should also do the Humor Lab podcast. Yeah. No, yeah. We're, we're, I'm, I'm working on it and one thing at a time. Yeah, brilliant. I, 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 yeah, I feel like don't... I'm, you know. You've got 9,000 people there that you can get on and, and, and showcase and have a chat about on the Humor Lab and destruct their, their routines or whatever. You know, there's lots of things yeah. you can do there. No, it'll be good. Yeah, brilliant. All right, then. Um, All right. It's been awesome having you on the podcast and uh, look forward to the next time. Likewise, Mike. Take care and we'll talk soon. Yeah. All right, then. All the best. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Right, there's nothing else left to say other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. The Networking Grapevine feature is brought to you in conjunction with Intrabiz. And you can find out more about them by visiting www.intrabiz.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.